Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. Consumer confidence. It rose in June to an eight-month high. Don't know if any Brexit impact was in there, but we're going to be speaking with Lynn Franco. She's Director of Economic Indicators at the Conference Board. I'm Kathleen Hayes, my co-host, Pim Fox, on vacation this week. And then investor confidence, confidence in the stock market, battered by the volatility from Brexit. How about the impact of the presidential race and the odds of who wins and who doesn't? What does that mean about investing in the capital markets. What does it mean for the broader global economy? We're going to be thinking about all that and more in the next half hour. Now we're going to be hearing from Catherine Cowdery. She is in the newsroom with a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you, Kathleen. Well, the stock market is climbing for the first time since Britain voted to withdraw from the European Union. There's speculation that policymakers will take steps to limit any economic fallout. The U.K.'s decision last week triggered a rush toward safe havens as global equities lost about $3.6 trillion in market value, and the S&P 500 tumbled 5.3%. Mark Hayfley, Global Chief Investment Officer at UBS Wealth Management, makes the case for diversification. We've had uh, political uncertainty before these events and we'll have them after. I think the main point for investors is that as we go further out into these experimental central bank policies and referendums, you have to be diversified across political economic regimes in the world. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Dow Industrial Average is up 146.78 of a percent, trading at 17,286. S&P 500 up 21 points, a gain of 1 percent. It's trading at 2,021. NASDAQ higher by 67 points, 1.5 percent, trading at 46.61. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil up $1.55 a barrel, 3.3 percent to 47.89. Spot gold down $6.90 the ounce to 13.17.80. Ten-year Treasury down 6 30 seconds with a yield of 1.45%. Among today's top business stories, Volkswagen has agreed to spend more than $15 billion to get hundreds of thousands of emissions cheating diesel vehicles off U.S. roads and to placate regulators. And now let's get a look at some of the other stories we're following on Bloomberg Radio. Thank you, Catherine. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Julie Hyman. British Prime Minister David Cameron met with fellow European Union leaders today for the first time since last week's vote to leave the EU. Cameron says the U.K. may be breaking up with Europe, but he hopes they'll continue to do good business. I very much hope we'll seek the closest possible relationship in terms of trade and cooperation and security, because that is good for us and that is good for them. And that's the spirit in which the discussions, I think, will be held today. The British PM has indicated the U.K. could wait until October to begin the process, but European lawmakers are calling for an immediate exit as they try to calm markets and prevent other countries from following suit. Scottish EU member Alan Smith says Scotland voted to remain in the EU and wants to keep it that way. Scotland did not let you down. Please, I beg you, do not let Scotland down now. While many greeted Smith's remarks with a standing ovation, UK Independence Party leader Nigel Farage, who had campaigned for Brexit, remained seated. The winningest coach in Division I college basketball history has died. Former Tennessee coach Pat Summit was 64 years old. She had been battling dementia. Summit won eight national championships. 
The city's Rent Guidelines Board voted last night in favor of a monthly increase for stabilized apartments. The board approved a freeze for one-year leases and a 2% increase on two-year leases. Neither side was happy. Tenants were looking for a rent rollback, while landlords wanted increases on both one- and two-year leases. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Julie Hyman. This is Bloomberg. Catherine? Thank you. And now let's get a quick check of the equity markets. Dow Industrial Average up 169 points at 17,309. S&P 500 up 23 points at 2,024. NASDAQ higher by 73, trading at 46.67. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. As Federal Reserve officials and investors who are bullish in the stock market continue to keep their fingers crossed for a consumer that will power the U.S. economy to a higher rate of growth in the second quarter, a higher rate of growth in the second half, the focus is on consumer confidence today, a very closely watched number from the conference board here in New York. It climbed to 98 in June from a revised 92.4 in May. And there are some good signs within the report suggesting that consumers are feeling pretty good about the future. Here now to explain what's in the report, what it means for spending for the economy and more is Lynn Franco. She is Director of Economic Indicators at the Conference Board. Thanks for coming in today, Lynn. You're quite welcome. So there's two subcomponents. There's the present condition, what's going on in the economy now, and what do you expect for the future? How did those two indexes or indices, should I say, shake out? Well, we had a rebound in both, which is always good news. Um, in terms of the present situation, what we saw really was not so much sort of enhanced optimism as sort of a decline in the pessimism, a little bit sort of, I guess I would say, where consumers saying we're still cruising along more or less at the same speed. In terms of their expectations, they're cautiously more optimistic. We even had a bump up in income, and I think that'll bode well for spending in the quarters to come. In fact, let's underscore that consumer expectations gauge. Looking at the next six months, uh, people are, are, are pushing that part to 84.5 from 78.5. And many economists that I've spoken to say that if there is a, a one part of this report that correlates well to spending, even more than present conditions, it's the expectations index. When you get a bump like that, it supports those who are saying, no, consumers, consumers doing a bit better now. Right. And I think, you know, we're all sort of anticipating the uh, second quarter uh, consumer expenditure figures, which showed, I think, a bump up in consumer spending. And I think the fact that we see income expectations increasing now and it's, you know, back to back two months, I think, uh, you know, consumers, I mean, they're still going to be a little cautious in their spending decisions, but I think we're going to continue to see spending help boost GDP. Well, of course, that's very important, isn't it, Linda? As you're alluding to, we did get the latest number on first, in fact, I think it's the final one on the first quarter GDP number. Uh, it was revised up to 1.1% from 0.8. However, the all-important personal consumption expenditures, basically people, that's all the stuff you spend money on, was revised down to 1.5% from 1.9%. So all the more focus now on what's going on in the second quarter. And of course, June is the last month of the second quarter. Right, right. And I think early estimates are that we've had a nice bump up in the second quarter. Um, 
And so I think our, uh, you know, income expectations is uh, running parallel to what we expect to see there. And, you know, it just remains to see what happened, if there's any fallout with Brexit, if it causes any type of uh, pullback in expectations, uh, even though it might be very temporary. We've seen the market at least begin to bounce back today, so that's good news. Um, so that might be sort of a little headwind that confidence may face in the next month or so. Labor market, the big, the key question is, are jobs uh, more plentiful, are they the same or hard to get? A little bit of a mixed bag there, too. Yes, and I think that's because we've seen a slowdown in employment growth, and some of our other indicators show that that's going to persist. I think it'd still be enough to support confidence levels, and we're seeing, you know, wage growth as well, so that will help support confidence and consumption. As you oversee uh, the conference board's U.S. Consumer Confidence Report, I know you're also watching consumer confidence around the world. What does the conference board expect to see in the U.K.? When it comes to consumer confidence, when it comes to business confidence, one can only imagine that once you do the surveys after the vote, you could have some gigantic drops. Absolutely. And I think any time that you have uncertainty, that impacts both, you know, consumer confidence and business confidence, much more pronounced, obviously, in Europe than it is right here in the United States. Uh, so I think we're sort of okay for the time being. We'll see, obviously, confidence, both consumer and business, take a hit probably in uh, in the euro area and in the U.K. as well. As for the U.S. Uh, survey um Buying plans, what stands out to you from that part of the survey? I think we're sort of moving a little bit sideways there. I mean, you know, we do have sort of our month-to-month fluctuations. However, I think we're a little bit stronger than we were last year, and I think that's uh, directly due to the housing market. We continue to see improvements there, and obviously if consumers buy a home, they have to furnish a home. So I think the outlook for that particular area remains quite positive. I know the Federal Reserve watches this survey, this report, very closely. Uh, what uh, what do you think they'll be taking away from this? No chance of a rate hike this year is now what the market's saying, and there's a, now that people are on the fringes starting to talk about a rate cut. Right. I think uh, what we're going to see is uh, no rate increases this year. If anything, the earliest would be December. But with the, all the all the uncertainty that's evolved over the last week or so, uh, I don't think the Fed's going to raise anytime soon. Maybe you should do a survey just of Fed officials. Get their get their confidence index. That would be quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think it would too. Well, Lynn Frankel, you work on that. Okay, we'll do. <laughs> She's director of economic indicators at the Conference Board, based here in New York City. June consumer confidence hitting an eight-month high, then says it's it's steadily moving along. No big move towards a higher level of confidence, but high enough to ensure pretty much, or at least suggest, that spending could hold up in the second quarter and do better than the first quarter. I'm Kathleen Hayes, Pim Fox, on vacation this week. So I'm taking stock today right here on Bloomberg Radio. The presidential race. If Donald Trump wins, what does that mean for the stock market? If Hillary Clinton wins, what does that mean? Ken Fisher, head of Fisher Investments, coming up now on Bloomberg Radio.